Hey everybody, and welcome back to Reading with Maddie. What are we reading today? Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titan's Curse, part two. All right, so I am here today with two guests. This is Camp Half Pod. Hi. Welcome. Hi. We're just gonna start out. I'll ask you guys some of the guest questions. Um, yeah, super easy. Um, what is your guys' favorite standalone book? Like, of all time. I have to go first? Don't point at me. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Um, ooh, okay. My, my name is Erin, by the way. My favorite standalone book, my go-to is usually Perks of Being a Wallflower, just because I read that so many times, like, especially when I was in high school. But I'm sure that I have other favorite books that I just am not remembering at the moment. But I think that's probably my my go-to. Nice. I'm Monica. Um, I would say so when I was a kid, I think my favorite book up until probably college or so was The Book Thief. I read it very young, so I definitely missed a lot of the grief and a lot of the emotions in that book and then I reread it when I was older and it still holds up there's a couple of books that have really like in the last two years that I think have really spoken to me but nothing really moves me like that book moved me when I first read it and then when I read it again when I was in college so definitely that one nice okay next question what are you guys' favorite book series is I'll go first this time. Um, hmm. Honestly, Percy Jackson was my first, my favorite series. I've reread that series a lot of times. So I have to say, like, the original, like, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, that series is why we made a podcast of it. It's my favorite, for sure. Mine are definitely, like, they're all, like, children's books. Like, Percy Jackson... Mm-hmm. Harry Potter and Animorphs, which Monica makes fun of me about all the time, but I just, I love, I love middle grade literature. Nice. And then next question, two questions are like the same one, basically. Are you guys Swifties and what is your favorite Taylor Swift album? <laughs> That's a hard I mean, question. Of course. Yes, of course. we are. Yeah, yes. Oh, man. You know, actually, funny thing is, Aaron made me become a fan. Um, I was, I, I'm not a huge country music person, so when Taylor Swift started getting big when we were in middle school, I was kind of like, no, thank you. I was like very anti-Taylor Swift. And then her Speak Now album came out, and I had just become, like, friendly with Aaron. And we were, like, what, 13? And she was like, you have to listen to this. And so I started listening to it. And then we ended up, we've gone to two of her concerts together oh, we so, like, saw red like, in 1989 yeah I i've also seen reputation because i went for another friend his birthday he took me which is very kind but so like sentimentally speak now is one of my favorites but at the moment folklore has been on repeat non-stop for this last year yes so, folklore nice yeah i think i think i say folklore 
or lover i really i i love lover i feel like it's kind of like underappreciated because yes, it came, like so many albums came out back to back to back but yeah nice and then last question what are you guys's favorite colors Oh my god, it's elementary, I love it. <laughs> I feel like recent well, I as a child my favorite was yellow. I had yellow crocs. I was a, I was really into yellow. My sister had orange crocs, so like we picked the two worst croc colors as children. But um and then yellow became like not cool and so I changed my favorite color to green. But as an adult I've been really coming back to yellow. I think I'm like having, you know, inner child reckoning. <laughs> yellow is my current my current color. Awesome. Mine is purple. My entire room is purple, um, at my parents' house. And yeah, it's purple. I do love all the colors, bright colors, but purple like a lilac specifically my favorite as you can see everything's purple nice okay we'll be that's the guest questions so that's cool um now we're just gonna get into one like we read these books uh you guys already know when I read them literally last year for the first time and then I read this book like rereading it um literally like last night because I'm really bad at like dates and I was like oh no that's tomorrow so I like read like the entire second half in like one night so <laughs> when did Dang. you guys read this I read it probably around the time it came out like when I was in I was probably did we calculated this at one point how old we were but I don't remember I was probably like yeah. 12 is that right? Yeah, because Percy's always been a little bit older. Yeah. So I think I think it came out, yeah, when we were on 12. I think that's when I read it, too, the first time. Because my brother would bring it home, and I started reading that. So, yeah, it, 12. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then <laughs> when did you guys, like, reread it for, like, your podcast and stuff? Well, we, I think we first decided to do it because I was rereading them with my partner who never read any Percy Jackson and he's really into like Greek mythology. Like he would have been really into it when he was a kid. And so I was like, we're gonna, I'm gonna force you to read these. And he got super into them. And then I like kind of rekindled my love for them. And Manasa is my friend that also has always loved Percy Jackson. So uh, we were talking about how much we loved them. And then I was like, we should do a podcast. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And that was like I a year ago. It. Yeah. A year ago, yeah. Yeah. I reread it. I hadn't read it since I was a kid. I reread it in high school, I remember, or like early high school. And then I reread it properly in college where I sat down and read all of them because the last, the the lost tier, what is it? What is the other series called? Heroes of Olympus. Heroes of Olympus. <laughs> Heroes of Olympus. That came out and I didn't like it as much. And I remember being disappointed by it. So I reread it and I actually asked Aaron for one of the books because I didn't have it and I couldn't find it at the library at the time. So. That was like the time I reread it, and I was like, "Hey, guess what? I still love these books." That was fun. Nice. So that was the intro, and next we'll be getting into the recap. 
Okay, so we start out and Percy's in DC and he like runs into Talia and they group up and they're like, okay, cool, let's do this quest together. And then they giant lion dude comes and attacks them and then they defeat it by using astronaut food and they go, they do something <laughs> and then they, um, what even happens? They get on the subway because there's a helicopter chasing them and they go somewhere and they get far away but then there's nowhere else to go and then they get on this like uh, car thing and they go to this town and they don't know where to go now and then this pig shows up and it takes them to another place and and then they're they're there you know and they're just like hopping around everywhere in in the u.s you know and these like skeleton things are like chasing them because why not and <laughs> and then they are in this like one place with this junkyard and then aphrodite and aries shows up and that's fun and aphrodite looks like annabeth the percy and then they and then junkyard scene happens bianca dies and then um they go to the hoover dam like right after and that happens and and they make that the damn joke so <laughs> and then we meet rachel because duh i love rachel so much and uh some more skeletons show up athena shows up at one point and and then they go to they get, use these like flying angels and then they go to like california or something and they get there and they're all good and then they find this like old dude and they're like who's this monster and it turns out to be Bessie, the cow that like Percy saves in the first episode, the 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 first part of the book, and uh, that's all good. And then they're like, ah, because Manticore shows up, and then fight scene, and then Mister D comes, and not really comes, but like he kills the Manticore, and they Grover goes with Bessie to Olympus, and uh, then they go to this mountain, and they fight scene, and they win, of course and then they go to olympus and they're like we're gonna kill you actually we're not gonna kill you and then party and then they go to camp half-blood and then you promised and then nico's all sad and and grover pan comes back and then it's all good so that's the recap <laughs> claps for you nicely done thank you thank you all right, so getting into our favorite chapter titles, Erin, would you like to go first? For sure. So my favorite title, I believe, is chapter seven, Everybody Hates Me But the Horse. That just encapsulates Percy's whole existence, I think, <laughs> his whole vibe in this book. Yes. Nice. And then mine is, I don't know the like chapter number, but it's I put on a few million extra pounds because I love the chapter and I think the title name is funny. So that's a great one. Mine is actually right before yours. Mine says chapter sixteen. We meet the dragon of eternal bad breath because it's so silly. <laughs> nice. Okay, that's that's our chapter titles. So next we'll get into our character opinions. Alright, so starting off with Percy, because main character, um, personally, I think he's like chill in this book, he's kind of funny. I like how he, he learns to work like in a team more by the end of it, beginning he's going off doing whatever he wants, you know? Just, he's working a team that's not like just Annabeth or Grover or Tyson, and I think that's good for him, so. Totally right, yeah. 
I love Percy. I do think he has some annoying main character energy in this book and how he's like, I'm not allowed on this quest. I'm going. And he doesn't really care that everyone tells him no. Yeah. But it works out for him, I suppose. <laughs> I think that's my exact opinion as well. Like, I love Percy. I love everything about him. But yeah, he's, I think, the most annoying in this book and then gets better as it goes because but you're totally right i didn't think about how he never works with anyone but annabeth and grover so this was nice for him to grow a little bit yeah all right moving on to talia because that's the next person on my list i feel like okay i thought she was kind of annoying in the first half she's kind of more bearable like in this part and i like her she's fine I like Talia. I think she's cool. I, I think I especially like her as a, a character that challenges Percy because um, they're so, they butt heads so much and I like seeing someone challenge Percy in that way because he needs to be knocked down a peg sometimes. Um, but yeah, she's, def- she's very hot-headed and opinionated and I enjoy her presence in this book. I feel like she could have, she had a lot of potential. Like she was a little bit little bit too dimensional where she's just kind of hot-headed and really bad at emotions at the same time and I feel like she could have been so much cooler so I'm like lukewarm about her all right moving on to Grover um I think he's really funny in this book with like the whole coffee thing and like finding pan I think he's chill in this first half um yeah go him go him for like the whole pan thing so we always make so much fun of Grover on our podcast because he's just such a little dork. But I actually, I feel like this book is actually when he starts to come into his own and that he actually starts doing useful things during the battle and playing like songs of confusion and yes. stuff. Whereas before he was just like, I'm going to eat a can. So that's cool to see. I like to see it. And I know it in the next book is like when he really does this big thing. So setting that up. I think he's really funny. I really think he's a good friend and he allows Percy to be a little bit more emotionally open because all of his other female friends for some reason are very emotionally unavailable. So it's nice to have this little emo boy. I enjoy him. Nice. Okay, moving on to Bianca. Um, first of all, RIP. i love her so much and i was so sad when she died literally cried for like five minutes because i was like because ah. uh but yeah i she's chill i really like her i feel like she should have been there for more and grown more but it's fine she died eh. <laughs> rip am i right yeah, we, we talked about Bianca so much on our podcast, and I feel like by the end, I'm fine with her. I came down harder on her in the beginning, and then I feel like I always forget about her backstory, and then when I reread it, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of feel bad for her because she had to raise her own brother, and then she just dies, and also doesn't get like a burial or a funeral. I'm still mad about that, whereas Zoe got one. Like, it's a little unfair treatment of your hunters, Artemis. But I, I have very mixed feelings on Bianca. I, I feel like I'm pretty neutral on her. I don't hate her, but she's not a fave. I feel like out of the two of us, I was a lot harsher, and I'm a lot harsher with Bianca. I am so mad at her for not even second 
guessing her decision to join the hunters because she has a younger brother that she like loves her so much i think it's also disappointing because she seems like she could have been really cool and like i really sympathize with her backstory and stuff but it kind of feels like she died just so that nico has a reason to be emo which is a bummer because like daughter of hades is such a cool idea and son of hades is very boring and blah yes i agree so, so. nice but yeah i'm i'm kind of i'm a harsher critic of Brianna bianca let's just say that <laughs> nice okay moving on to zoe um literally the same for what i said for bianca like r.i.p your death made me cry um <laughs> you were chill and funny so <laughs> Oh, she's a fun character. She's kind of, like, rude at a lot of times, but then you get to know her. Like, once you get to know her, it's, like, funny how rude she is to Percy, especially. Because, again, I like when they're rude to Percy. I sometimes think he needs it. <laughs> yeah, and her death sucked also. She was really cool. I liked her backstory. I liked how she intertwined with mythology and stuff. She was kind of annoying at some points. So I was like, how are you alive for this many years and still have no common sense but it's fine <laughs> why do you still talk like this i know exactly yes okay and the last character she was there for like three pages but i'm gonna talk about her is rachel because she comes in for a bit and i love her so much i think the part that she's in is so funny so <laughs> i love rachel i think rachel's such a cool character um yeah i really like her She's barely in this one. You don't really get to know her yet, but she's so fun. Yeah. I love Rachel, too. I think she's super cool, and I think she's, like, the opposite vibe of Bianca and Zoe, where she actually gets, or especially Bianca, she actually gets a really cool, like, arc, and it's not all around Percy. It's about her own stuff, and she's really, I think she's so cool, and she's very um, interesting, for sure. Nice. Okay. That was, those were our main characters. So next we'll be going through the book. All right. So going through the actual book now, we start out and they're at the Air and Space Museum in DC and Percy literally runs into the others and then this lion comes and just attacks them. They have this big like battle thing and it ends with Percy throwing astronaut food at like this big scary lion dude and the hunter's bow and arrow. So any thoughts about that part? I love this scene so much. Like, who? how does his brain connect to throwing astronaut food in its mouth? That's such a funny idea. It's just like such an intense scene and it ends so comically. I love it. Yes. And then I have a question for you guys. Have you ever had any type of astronaut food before? No. No. Have okay. you? Yes, I've had, like, freeze-dried ice cream once, like, a few years ago. I just remember it being good, and they act like it's so gross in the books, and I'm like, hold up. That's... It is because you had the ice cream. Maybe, like, whatever yeah. Percy got was, was gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then, this is just, like, a random point. I just think it's really funny that they're in D.C., because I'm from Nova, and it's like, I've been to all of these places. And it's like, uh... <laughs> Yes, okay. Are you seeing it in your head while you read it? <laughs> yes. Um, and then 
at the end of that chapter, that all happens, and then Zoe accepts Percy as their fifth quest member, and is very, like, eh, about it. She's such a mood. Like, if I were in, like, a mortal girl person, and, like, wasn't used to working with men, I would be like that, too. She's a girl boss, so. Yeah. Very true. Yes. So, that all happens, and then they get on the subway, Bianca's idea, very smart of her, because there's this, like, helicopter chasing them, and then they get away, but there's, like, nowhere else to go, and they're kind of stuck, and then they meet this homeless dude who, like, turns out to be Apollo, and then he helps them get a ride to the West, so that's very cool. They're on their way to do the quest and stuff, and (laughs) Percy has yet another fight with Talia, and then goes to Grover's car, and then Apollo comes to talk to him. And he's like, Ayo, go check out this old dude at the beach. And then he leaves and puts Percy to sleep and we get another dream. Anything to say about those parts? <laughs> I love Apollo as the homeless train man. Because it's the guy from Polar Express. <laughs> I like think about. Nice. I love that Apollo's helping his sister. I think that's the, even though he can't interfere he's still trying to do his best because that's his sister and i like respect that yes very siblings of them yay (laughs) um so that all happens and then we get another dream except this time not about annabeth it's about young zoe and hercules and we find out where riptide came from i really like that part i think it's i think it's cool (laughs) it's so cool i love how it ties it all in to zoe's history yes also, the, like, the, the idea that maybe just because you're a hero doesn't mean that you're a good person, and they have, like, examples of that. Yeah. So, that all happens, and then they show up in this, like, random town, and they have nowhere to get out or get in or anything, and Talia goes, they go to, like, this grocery store, buy a rat, and then they leave, and then Talia's like, I'm not just going to stand around. I'm going to go look for more, like, things to leave. And she does that, and Grover and Zoe go to get some food and stuff from this little cafe. We get this little, like, sweet moment with Percy and Bianca, and they have a little chat. Um, reading from the book now, because why not? Page 165. Uh, one second. Getting it up. Okay, so... (laughs) This part kind of just, like, annoys me, because it's just, ugh. Okay, page 165. So you've been raising Nico pretty much all your life, I asked. Just the two of you? She nodded. That's why I wanted to join the Hunters so bad. I mean, I know it's selfish, but I wanted my own life and friends. I love Nico, don't get me wrong. I just needed to find out what it would be like not to be a big sister 24 hours a day. I thought about last summer, the way I'd felt when I found out that I had a Cyclops for a baby brother. I could relate to what Bianca was saying. I hate this part because it's like, you literally, it's like, you can't relate to what she's saying. She literally raised this kid, basically, and you had to deal with, like, your little brother for, like, three weeks. I just... <laughs> yep. It's so right. So right. He's just, yes. like, inserting himself into it to be like, oh, yes, I understand. We are the same. Yeah. <sighs> no. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, he can be, like, a little bit, be like, yeah, like, I had to look out for my, like, cool brother a bit. But, like, don't be like, I relate to that. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, right? not. I think that's just him also not being able to understand where she's coming from unless it's about himself, too. Like, 
Tilly boy. The main character energy gone a little <laughs> mm-hmm. too far. Yeah. Yes. So that happens, and then everybody goes back, and then Grover's drinking coffee, and then Pan sort of shows up. Go Grover. Such a, like, a girl boss moment. I'm kind of like pretty much proud of him, TBH, because just go him. Doing his like best stuff. Even his goals. He's like, yeah, his dreams are coming true. Yes. Yes, okay. And then this pig shows up, and they fight it, sort of, and then they, like, get on it, and then ride it till it stops to drink, and they decide to get off. Um, and then they're in this other, like, ghost town type of thing, and they're trying to figure out how Bianca killed one of the skeleton things, because she did that, daughter of Hades, and she's just, like, so uncomfortable that everybody's looking at her, and I just think that's so funny, and mood. I would, yeah. And they figure out she was at the Lotus Hotel and Casino. Flashbacks to the Lightning Thief. I hate that for her. And she was like so sad. I just. Uh... Gary did think that she lost so many years in the hotel and she didn't even know it. Yes. Reading from the book, because why not? Page 180. Um, one second. Oh, here we go. Bianca, Zoe said. Can you tell me the name of the President of the United States right now? Don't be silly, Bianca said. She gave us the correct name of the President. And who was the President before that? Zoe asked. Bianca thought for a while. Roosevelt. Zoe swallowed. Theodore or Franklin? Franklin, Bianca said. FDR. Like FDR Drive, I asked? Because seriously, that's the only thing I knew about FDR. Bianca, Zoe said. FDR was not the last President. That was about 70 years ago. That's impossible, Bianca said. I, I'm not that old. She stared at her hands as to make sure they weren't wrinkled. I hate that for her. Mm -hmm. Also, like, shout out to Percy for not knowing, like, FDR unless it's, like, (laughs) based off of (laughs) the street name. (laughs) I know. (laughs) What a dumb boy. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just feel really bad for her. Like, that. Ugh. No thanks. <laughs> so, you know, that happens. And then Aphrodite and Ares show up. And then Percy has the iconic moment where he's like, Aphrodite looked like Annabeth for a second. I love that part so much. It's so cute. <laughs> and he so doesn't cute. think about it for one. He's like, hmm. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Why? Yes. Oh my gosh. No idea why. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so that happens and <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that happens and then <laughs> and then the whole like junkyard scene is going on and Bianca dies. <laughs> It's so sad. Oh my gosh. I hated reading that part where they're so like, sudden. they couldn't so even sad. find her body. They literally gave up and then left. I hated that so much. Like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut's angry. Peanut, please. Um, I also just like, I hated that she died so suddenly. Like, it was barely an understanding of how she died. It was so sad because we just had got to talk to her and she's so cool. Even I was starting to like her a little bit, and then they just killed her. Yeah. Uh, so sad. And then, moving on, we have the damn scene, because... 
I hate how it's like right after Bianca's death and like we need like a little like they have a little sad moment but then they're like fine at literally like a few hours later and I just hate like reading like the change and stuff it's like it's a kid's book like these 10 year olds are reading this depressing chapter and they need like a happy thing happening next or else they're gonna be like sad so like that makes sense but like I hate how it's like right there next to each other makes it feel like Bianca's death didn't really matter because they just like are starting I think they feel like it feels like they missed Annabeth more than they did they missed Bianca who was dead yes definitely like emotional whiplash there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there the damn stuff happens and then we meet Rachel yes I love her so much and this entire part is my most favorite thing in the world definitely like They're, like, running from these skeletons. She's helping them. Amazing. No idea what's going on. Just... (laughs) I loved as a child how she, like, gives her full name. It's like, Rachel Elizabeth Dare. Like, that's my whole name. I thought that was always very cute. Yes. (laughs) I always didn't like... When I read it the first time, I didn't like her fully because I... Well, not this book. The next book. Fully because I was just like, Annabeth doesn't like her. Therefore, I must not like her. But now I love her. I think she's so fun. Yes. Okay, so that happens. They battle some skeletons. Athena shows up at some point, and then they use flying angels to get to California. That happens. Talia's scared of heights, so I feel kind of bad for her, like, during that whole part. Like, so that happens and then they get to the beach and they find the old dude and then Percy grabs onto him and that whole thing happens and then they ask him where they can find the monster and Artemis is looking for and then Bessie's just like right there and he's like it's just right there and they're like what (laughs) and then Percy's like that's just Bessie what (laughs) I think that's so funny Biggest plot twist of my childhood was Bessie being the monster that they were all looking for. <laughs> yes. So that that happens, and then they're like, okay, that's something. And then the manticore shows up, and then fight scene, and, and that happens, and then they iris message Mr. D, and then it's like, please, Mr. D, come help us. And then grapevines happen, and then he kills the manticore by, like, entrapping him in the grapevines. So, that's, like, scary. <laughs> Just, ooh. <laughs> and it makes them all go crazy, too, because yeah. he's, like, the god of madness. Yes, I feel like Mr. D is a lot, like, stronger than we give him credit for, because, no, Just, yeah. So that happens, and then Grover's like, okay, I'll go with Bessie to Olympus, and they sacrifice the lion skin thing to Poseidon, and they're good, and then the others are like, what do we do now? And they're like, we need a car, we're going to this mountain, we know we're sort of know where Artemis is, and they're like, hmm, who lives in San Francisco? Annabeth's dad. So they go there, and okay, they are all, like, the parents, Annabeth says, is always like, so mean and all that, but like they're literally so nice in this book. What do you guys think about that? I think that I that Annabeth's dad maybe wasn't as attentive to her, and maybe he wasn't as used to taking care of a child who's a demigod. So he probably made a lot of mistakes when she was younger. 
has become like Percy says later he's like become a lot cooler as time has gone on and maybe a lot of it is also in Annabeth's head that she doesn't feel very welcome in the house that her dad and her stepmom and the normal human kids so I think it's a bit of a mix of things like maybe they are cool but maybe they weren't before yeah that makes yeah, sense I agree mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I agree I think it's like there's probably validity of to what I, Annabeth says about how she was treated and then also there's like validity to what Percy is witnessing like people change but also that doesn't like Annabeth like Percy's just like I don't know why Annabeth hates them they're so nice and it's like well like and it's gonna take Annabeth time to like recognize that change if they have changed too because they were like not good to her yeah nice okay I agree with like everything you guys said so that yeah and then they are like we need a car can can we have yours and he's like okay and they take his car and they go to this mountain where Zoe used to live with her sisters before she left to join the hunt and then there's this like dragon dude who they have to like get past to like go to the mountain and Zoe's like okay you two like go up the sides and I'll distract it because I used to live here and I'm like best friends with the dragon then the dragon like totally like at her and she is now like hurt on somewhere on her herself so that happens and then they get to the top and they find Artemis holding up the sky and this like Atlas dude is the also the general who's also Zoe's dad and then Luke and Annabeth and whole fight scene any anything about all of those parts (laughs) there's so much that's revealed all in like I know that one or two chapters (laughs) yes And also the fact that Zoe thought that maybe Layden, or the dragon... Don't call him Landon. Landon. <laughs> I almost called him Landon. Uh, Layden, the dragon, might actually still remember her, even though she got cast out. And I think it's really mean of her sisters to have thrown her out and treat her so badly, just because she, like, made one mistake. Yeah. Okay, and then we're... I was talking with my friend Sam about this for the first episode of this of this book where do they have last names where did nightshame come from like <laughs> that is a good question did she oh like my goodness, like, doesn't have a last name <laughs> doesn't have a last name like and who's the mother of the whatever she's some called. kind of tree thing isn't she or like a person yeah or no she's like the daughter of like a something. So night yeah. she still doesn't make sense. Isn't that like a poison? It is a poison. Maybe Zoe picked yeah. it out herself and was like, who? I mean, that's yeah. a cool last name if you're gonna give yourself a last name. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Artemis gives it to them? Ooh, yeah. that would be yeah. cool. That's a good question, though. I never <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought about it either. My friend Sam was just like, where, where did her last name come from? And I was like, I have no idea. So... <laughs> So that whole fight scene happens, and then there's a lot that happens in that whole part. Just definitely, like, one of my favorite fight scenes out of, like, all of them, because there's just so much going on. We got Tally and Luke fighting each other, and, like, Percy and, like, the general fighting each other, and Percy holding up the sky, and all of that happens. So, (laughs) yeah. And then Talia, like, kicks Luke off the mountain, and then... Annabeth's dad shows up and they win and everyone is good. Never mind, Zoe's dying. 
<laughs> so that so just, it's so sad. I'm gonna read it because <laughs> we need... <laughs> make us all depressed. Yes. Okay. Okay. Stars, she whispered. I can see the stars again, my lady. A tear trickled down Artemis's cheek. Guess my brave one, they are beautiful tonight. Stars, Zoe repeated, her eyes fixed on the night sky, and she did not move again. Time to cry. <laughs> man, that, that at least mean we get to see that she died, unlike Bianca, but still, yes. man, what a sad scene. Yes, very much depressing for a book for, like, nine-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, pain. I cried so bad when I reread this part. <laughs> but again, but again, that just happens and they're like, okay, whatever, let's go to Olympus. <laughs> so they go to Olympus and yay, Grover's there with Bessie and the gods are like, hmm, maybe we should kill you guys. But they end up not doing that. So everything's all good. And then Talia's like, um, Hunter. So because then she'll stop aging and gives the prophecy to Percy. Like, half Merry Christmas! Here you go. <laughs> we got we got another part to read from because I love this part so much and I think it's like the best thing ever. Zeus beckoned Artemis forward. He leaned down and listened as she spoke in his ear. A feeling of panic seized me. Annabeth, I said under my breath. Don't. She frowned at me. What? Look, I need to tell you something, I continued. The words came suddenly out of me. I couldn't stand it. I don't want you to. Percy, she said, you look like you're going to be sick. And that's how I felt. I wanted to say more, but my tongue betrayed me. It wouldn't move because of the fear in my stomach. <laughs> so Percy's scared because he thinks Annabeth's about to become a hunter. And that just, it's so cute. <laughs> I love that he has that moment like with, with um, Aphrodite where he's like, oh, she looks like Annabeth weird and then he's like oh i'm super upset about this about annabeth like swearing off of love forever weird <laughs> like no reason why and then doesn't think about it again such an idiot <laughs> yep yes um so i also love that he doesn't notice that like this is obviously not about annabeth he's just like so absorbed in the idea she might leave that he obsesses over it so cute. <laughs> yes. Big Persbeth moment. Love to see it. And then they're like, okay, we're not going to kill you, so let's just have a big party, because why not? And then, the, like, you can, like, hear whatever music you want to hear. What would you guys be listening to if you were at this party? <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. Um, we actually, we talked about it on our podcast, but 100%. I want it to be like bouncing up and down, maybe some ABBA, like really good, like give me a give me a man or like do a leap on some really fun pop songs, especially if like people are slow dancing in the corner. I think it'd be very funny. Yeah, I think that if you gave me the Mamma Mia soundtrack, especially Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, mm -hmm. I would be living my best life. I'd also love to hear Taylor Swift for, like, a sad moment, too. 100%. Yes. I would definitely be hearing Taylor. Any of the albums. 
Agree with Dua Lipa also. Love her. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so, party. Percy's talking to some gods, and then Athena's like, stay away from Annabeth. <laughs> and then Percy's like, we didn't finish what we started at the beginning. And they have this whole dance moment together, and it's so cute. I just, first of all, love to see it. <laughs> so cute. Yes. And then he goes back to camp because that's over. And he arses messages people, and he's like, Tyson, I think. And then he... Yeah, Iris messages his mom, and then Paul is there again, and I think it's so funny. They're, like, having a little, like, holding hands, a little wine study date again, and it's just like, oh my god. Percy's <laughs> uh. got great timing. Yes. I know. I think he handles it pretty well, though, instead of getting upset that his mom has a new boyfriend who's very happy for her, which I thought was nice. Yeah. I think he's like, mom. Are you happy? She's like, ah, oh, yes, I am. So that's very nice of him to be like. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So, um, they're at camp and they're talking to Chiron about what's what's happening. And page three hundred and six. There was a knock on the door, and Nico D'Angelo came huffing into the parlor, his cheeks bright red from the cold. He was smiling, but he looked around anxiously. Hey, where's, where's my sister? Dead silence. I stared at Chiron. I couldn't believe nobody had told him yet. And then I realized why. They'd been waiting for us to appear to tell Nico in person. That was the last thing I wanted to do, but I owe it to Bianca. Hey Nico, I got up from my comfortable chair. Let's take a walk, okay? We need to talk. <laughs> um, skipping some random stuff happening. Um, she wanted you to have this. I brought out the little god figurine Bianca had found in the junkyard. Nico held it in his palm and stared at it. You promised you would protect her, Nico said. You might as well stab me with a rusty dagger. It would have hurt less than reminding me of my promise. Nico, I said. I tried. Bianca gave herself up to save the rest of us. I told her not to, but she- You promised! He glared at me, his eyes rimmed with red. He closed his small fist around the god statue. I shouldn't have trusted you. His voice bro broke. You lied to me. That whole part just, uh, pain. I just feel so bad for him. <sighs> he's so sad. I feel so bad because he's such a bubbly, sweet boy. And then he becomes such a dark, emo child. And like, understandably too, but it's just so sad. Yeah. <sighs> Nico. Yes. It's just ugh, pain. <laughs> so that sad moment happens, and then skeletons come back, and then Nico opens up the floor, and then he runs away, and they try to look for him, but he's gone. So, okay. And then Grover is just like, oh my god, pan again. And then the book ends. Literally, I just, uh I love how it ends, and there's, like, no, like, wrapping up everything chapter. It just keeps going with plot until, like, the end of the book. And I just love that. I love when books do that. And then the next one doesn't pick up till like, six months later. So it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a good middle-of-the-series book where you realize that, yes, it's going, like, 
things are going to happen. A lot of stuff is happening. We're at the meet or at the middle. It's exciting. Yeah. Okay. So I just, that's the book. I rated a five out of five stars. What would you guys rate it? Give it five. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd give it five too. Out of like the series, I ha- I think it's like ranked not as high as some of the other books, but it's definitely getting there. I really like this book. Nice. Awesome. So that was The Titan's Curse, and next we'll be getting into what Taylor Swift songs we think fit with this book. All right, so I personally, I think this whole book, okay, I feel like The Hunters definitely give me very much reputation vibes. They would blast it everywhere, and I feel like the book itself, though, totally gives me, like, 1989 vibes. Like, just, it's just there. I also feel like the Hunters specifically would just jam out to Getaway Car, like, all the time. I just feel like it would be, like, their favorite song ever. So, that's that's mine. Would you guys like to add anything? I was, I was thinking Reputation as well, especially, like, not, I wasn't thinking about the Hunters, but that's, like, spot on for them. But I was thinking, like, because Percy's kind of, like, just, like, wanting vengeance because someone took his Annabeth. And so he's like, the, like, look what you made me do, chasing after Annabeth. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I went in a different direction. I thought um, White Horse from Fearless because, like, first of all, the book is really sad. A lot of people die. And then also because, um, you know, Percy rides a lot of horses, like, into, like, chasing after the group and all of that stuff. So he's, like, the the prince coming in on his white horse constantly even though he doesn't actually save a lot of people that's my my analysis nice okay so that was the episode thank you guys so much for coming would you like to shout yourselves out anywhere sure you can well in our podcast we are doing a read through of the whole Percy jackson series we do three chapters at a time and you can find us camp half pod on any platforms where you listen to podcasts and then we're at camp half pod on social media nice thank okay. you so much for having us on this was yeah, fun yes. thank you guys so much for coming and thank you everybody at home listening have a wonderful day bye